confession which was seldom disturbed. She seemed to live in a happy world of her own, only venturing out to meet the few whom she trusted and loved. Amy, though the youngest, was a most important person, in her opinion at least. A regular snow maiden with blue eyes and yellow hair curling on her shoulders, pale and slender and always carrying herself like a young lady mindful of her manners. The clock struck six, and having swept the hearth, Beth put a pair of slippers down to warm. Somehow the sight of the shoes had a good effect upon the girls, for Mother was coming, and everyone brightened to welcome her. They are quite worn out. Marmy must have a new pair, said Joe. I thought I'd get her some with my dollar, said Beth. No, I shall, cried Amy. I'm the oldest, began Meg, but Joe cut in with a decided, I'm the man of the family now Papa is away, and I provide the slippers, for he told me to take special care of Mother while he was gone. I'll tell you what we'll do, said Beth. Let's each get her something for Christmas and not get anything for ourselves. Everyone thought soberly for a minute. Then Meg announced, I shall give her a nice pair of gloves. Army shoes, best to be had, cried Joe. Some handkerchiefs, all hemmed, said Beth. I'll get a little bottle of cologne. She likes it, and it won't cost much, so I'll have some money left to buy my pencils, added Amy. We must go shopping tomorrow afternoon, Meg. There is so much to do about the play for Christmas night, said Joe, marching up and down with her hands behind her back and her nose in the air. I'd like to try Macbeth. If we only had a trap door for Banquo, I always wanted to do the killing part. Is that a dagger I see before me? muttered Joe, rolling her eyes and clutching at the air, as she had seen a famous tragedian do. No, it's the toasting fork with Mother's shoe on it instead of the bread. Joe's stage struck, cried Meg in a general burst of laughter. Glad to find you so merry, my girls, said a cheery voice at the door, and actors and audience turned to welcome a tall motherly lady with a can I help you look about her, which was truly delightful. She was not elegantly dressed, but a noble-looking woman, and the girls thought the gray cloak and unfashionable bonnet covered the most splendid mother in the world. Mrs. March got her wet things off, her warm slippers on, and sitting down in the easy chair, drew Amy to her lap, preparing to enjoy the happiest hour of her busy day. The girls flew about, trying to make things comfortable, each in her own way. Meg arranged the tea table. Joe brought wood and set chairs, dropping, overturning, and clattering everything she touched. Beth trotted to and fro between parlor and kitchen, quiet and busy, while Amy gave directions to everyone as she sat with her hands folded. As they gathered about the table, Mrs. March said with a particularly happy face, I've got a treat for you. A bright smile went round like a streak of sunshine. A letter, a letter, three cheers for Father. Yes, a nice long letter. He sends all sorts of loving wishes for Christmas and then a special message to you girls. Hurry, get done. Don't stop to quirk your little finger and simper over your plate, Amy, cried Joe, choking in her tea and dropping her bread butterside down on the carpet in her haste to get at the treat. They all drew to the fire. Mother in the big chair with Beth at her feet. Meg and Amy perched on either arm of the chair, and Joe leaning on the back where no one would see any sign of emotion if the letter should happen to be touching. Very few letters written in those hard times were not touching, especially those which fathers sent home.
In this one, little was said of the hardships endured, the dangers faced, or the homesickness conquered. It was a cheerful, hopeful letter, full of lively descriptions of camp life, marches, and military news. And only at the end did the writer's heart overflow with fatherly love and longing for the little girls at home. Give them all my dear love and a kiss. I know they will remember all I said to them, that they will be loving children to you, will do their duties faithfully, fight their enemies bravely, and conquer themselves so beautifully that when I come back to them I may be fonder and prouder than ever of my little women. Everybody sniffed when they came to that part. Joe wasn't ashamed of the great tear that dropped off the end of her nose. Amy sobbed out, I am a selfish girl, but I'll truly try to be better. We all will, cried Meg. I think too much of my looks.